This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths. Enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Our stories are our identity. They're born from a never-ending cycle of repetitive thoughts that lead to deeply held beliefs, ingrained behaviors, and ultimately, who we believe ourselves to be. When we embody a fixed mindset, we view our qualities and abilities as unchangeable traits set in stone. Conversely, the growth mindset empowers us to believe that our qualities can evolve through dedication, effort, and continuous learning. It's not easy to change our story, but it is possible. Valeria interviews Deanna Moffat. She is the author of The Rewrite, Change Your Life One Story at a Time. Deanna Moffat is an accomplished speaker, coach, and author. The word people use most to describe her is energizing. With an eclectic background in project management, leadership development, Qigong, improv comedy, and storytelling, Deanna isn't just a coach. She's a dynamic podcast guest you won't forget. Meet Deanna at DeannaMoffitt.com. Here's the interview with Deanna Moffitt. In your own words, who is Deanna Moffitt? You know, I used to give a lot of descriptors of I do this, I this is my job, this is what I do. And I've really come to the realization that I am love. Mm. And I am light. <laughs> and I am energy. Mm. And I I reflect that back to people. Mm. And once I made that change of thinking about who am I, and trust me, that was deep conversation <laughs> with my own coaches, I, it just allows me to walk on this earth slightly different when I know that that's who I am. Wow, I love that answer. <laughs> love that answer. Wow, now I have way too many questions just from that answer alone. <laughs> wow, so love, what a beautiful concept. What is your understanding of love? You know, for me, it is connection through the heart. It is a deep soul-to-soul seeing of another person and acceptance of them. And more, you know, I think the work came first through myself of being able to love and appreciate and understand. You know, I used to have a story that I was a burden on people. And now I can really truthfully claim I'm a blessing. 
doesn't mean I always show up, you know, like perfectly or anything like that. But I think the way that I can show up for people and in the sense, reflecting back the amazingness that I see in them really is a blessing. Mm. Yes, I read that in your bio. It's beautiful. Wow, that's wonderful. You know, I have to say, it sounds very spiritual to me. Mm -hmm. I have to ask you the question. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. And what is spirituality to you, Deanna? What Mm. is to be spiritual? Yeah, for me, it is a deeper connection to the energy force. There, I just deeply believe that we are energy and we are connected to each other and to something higher than us. And I, I don't have a descriptor. Like I, I study Qigong, which is a very, you know, Taoist and, you know, we're all in, we are all connected. We're all energy. We're nature. Um, And so I don't have what I would call a religious dogma or a belief around that. But I do believe that I am in connection and in in connection with my spirit guides, with my, you know, my loved ones on the other side. I believe that this energy that we have here on earth continues on once we pass and I get to be in conversation, continued conversation in that state. Yeah, I just, I just think that (laughs) there's so much for us to experience here from a heart-centered place versus a head-centered place. Wow, yes. A billion yeses to that. So the freedom of experiencing, to be open to what is a calling? Because, you know, I hear a lot the idea of being aware, just becoming more aware of what's happening, how it's happening, the whole the system, how it works, operates the body mm-hmm. and the mind. No, it seems like it's too much to me. It becomes too brain, uh, brainy per se, mm. analytical. I love the idea that we can become more intuitive and kind of flow with life as life. As you said, with Qigong, I'm familiar with the technique and the philosophy behind it, but not as deep as you are. But that really resonates with me that Mm. we are, I don't have a life. I am life. Mm. That really, really resonates. I heard that I think from a Qigong teacher that I interviewed Mm -hmm. recently. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, there's something about that that resonates with me. Talk to me how you came to do what you're doing today. What's the purpose behind your work? Well, I'm a coach. I, I work in a lot of different arenas. I work with, you know, clients. I work with executives. I work with businesses. And I love how you said, I, I think you're, Valeria, I think you're evolved. <laughs> you yeah. know, I think where you said, where we all talk about, you know, awareness and it can feel kind of heady. Yes. I, I actually think that for most people, that's where they start. I don't shy away from that. I think, I think we can definitely reach a point where I can't do any more head processing right? I can't do any more top-down processing. There has to, I have to be in my body. But when we're starting on this, you know, the spiritual journey or the self-development journey or any of that, I think it, often we start with our heads because it's the only thing we know. And so I work with clients, often helping them become aware of the stories that they're telling themselves, how they're, how they're you know, the problems aren't necessarily the problems that they're facing 
but it's how they're perceiving the problems that's the actual problem. I love how you said, you know, problems are there sometimes as gifts for us to see ourselves. But boy, when you're just, when that when that first comes to you, that message first comes to you, you're like, what? No, this is just an absolute problem. <laughs> yes. yes. So, so I think I work with a lot of people who are beginning their journey of kind of self-development and, and becoming aware in all different aspects of their life and helping them become more attuned to, as you said, that intuition, that allowing, that flowing. I love that idea of just allowing things to happen as opposed to trying to always will and grit and drive things to happen, which some people can do really well. But I think there's a a really fun co-creative process that we can have with the spirit that creates something that we never would have imagined. Yes, right. I can say that from experience. The best things Mm -hmm. that happened to me they they are not planned. I was not planning any of it. So I never had thought about or imagined. So that is that, that tells me something. Not to say that planning is not necessary. I do a lot of a lot of imagining and curious. <laughs> right? I'm always yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's fun, isn't it? A lot of fun. Yeah, totally. And I think that there's, you know, things that I have wanted to create, but I didn't know how to do it. And so I just stayed in the place of this is what I want to create. This I remember writing in my journal for probably two or three years. I want to go to Australia, but I don't want to pay for it. I don't want to have to pay for it. I want to just go to Australia. And I, I don't know why I wanted to do that. But after about two years, I do a lot of leadership facilitation and training. And I was doing it for a very well-known travel company. And I did their, I launched their leadership program here in the U.S., And after uh, doing that, my contact came back to me and said, Deanna, they want to actually do this in Australia (laughs) and they'd like you to do it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. You know, not only did I not have to pay for it, but I got paid to do it, which was really wonderful. Kind of being open. It's really, that's the the calling for me. Let's say the insight is to be open. Mm -hmm kind of Mm -hmm. plan, dance with the possibilities, but don't hold down to anything (laughs) too tightly to the point of (laughs) suffering. Not too tightly, right? Yes, no. Yes, yeah. Yeah, Because you don't let any magic in when you were holding so tightly. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Another open question for you before we talk about your book, The Rewrite, Mm -hmm. Change Your Life, One Story at a Time. I have another question for you. Yes, this one. What are some of the fundamental truths that you have uncovered about human beings as of today? Hmm, That's a good one. A fundamental truth. I think we're all afraid of not being loved. I think we're, we're driven by stories of unworthiness. You know, those stories can drive us to great success. And that same story of unworthiness will not allow us to enjoy that success because we have to keep going. We have to keep going. Um, I think, I think, I think we all deeply want connection. And more often than not, we don't always know how to do that. We, we think that we have to please others. And I, there's, I had a coach say to me at one point, because I was a 
really good people pleaser for a good chunk of my life. And she said, <laughs> she said, you know, Deanna, people pleasing is just an act of manipulation. And I was like, oof, that got me. And I was like, you know, you're right. But, you know, she went on to explain that when we don't show up fully as our authentic self, we're not given the opportunity for others to really know and love us as we truly are. We're trying to give them a version of ourself that isn't our truth. And I was like, yeah. So I think those are a few fun. I love that deep question, Larry. Oh my God. I love you. I love your wisdom. Deep <laughs> answers. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Yes. So true. So it has been my case too, of course, for yeah. many years. I was traumatized as a child. Mm-hmm. I mean, we say trauma. It is a term that's used, but basically not feeling loved, not understanding or knowing even what love was by my parents. So there's a lot of disconnect from my own self. And yeah, that's what I did. Tried so hard to please others and to be whatever they wanted me to be. Uh, and then I lost myself in it. And, and, and that's interesting. You know, one of the things that I have realized recently is that life is constantly looking for balance, for harmony. So uh, whenever we are out of balance, like in, in my case, disconnected, there was this drive, this something that was so powerful trying to go back to it. I didn't know what the destination was, the place was, what it felt like, beloved or joyful, whatever that was. I had no concepts for it, but but it just it happened. That made me trust life in that sense of being life because whatever is out of balance here, it will find its way because it's constantly doing that. So it's almost inevitable to come to this, let's say, expression of authenticity for all of us at some point. I know some people don't get to realize that or to live this way. And, and for that, I don't know. I do... Um, Kind of, I have to believe that there is more to it, as you said, continuation mm-hmm. that life never ends and it keeps mm-hmm. kind of cycling back, so we can realize that at some point. But this is a, a different conversation, I guess. But I love the authentic self topic, and you did mention that in yeah. your book uh, under, let's see, the authentic self. Oh yes, your future stories because you have in yes. your book. You have three sections, right, Deanna? Um, right. You have the, the past. The past, the present, and the future. Right. So because we are already talking about the finding your authentic self or the authentic self idea, so let's dive into it a little bit more. How, how would you describe what that feels like? I know what it looks like. Some people, we have so many ideas, but what would that feel like for you? What is the embodiment of authenticity? I think it is in true alignment with our head, our heart, and our, and our body. This is a real Qigong look at, they call it the three treasures, right? So our mind, our emotion, and our body, when there's real alignment with it, we're in the flow of life. And I, I often believe that our greatest suffering isn't necessarily what happened in our past, although that can be really painful, but it's often when we're out of alignment with who we want to be. 
in our future. Like when we are not in alignment with our values, when we're acting out in ways that we know don't represent our highest selves is when the shame comes in. And that's because we're not in alignment with our deepest soul desires. And I I think for many people, they don't even take the time to figure out who it is they want to be on this earth. And I've just always felt where our main purpose is to constantly evolve into the human we desire to be or we want to be. It doesn't mean the doing, right? That, but that means who do I show up as this human? And imagine if we were all doing that with the goal of being the most loving and compassionate version of ourselves. Oof. That would change everything. <laughs> Yeah. That would change everything, would, wouldn't it? Would rewrite this reality, this yes. shared reality. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. <laughs> yeah, but I but you know, when you we have a relationship with our future self, that means that in today, what I'm doing today is really serving that future self version. Right. So I'm Sherry Seibild has a great bit about, you know, nighttime guy versus morning yeah, guy. Yeah. Right, and nighttime guy is out having a great time, <laughs> and morning guy is like, "What are you doing?" And like, we just need to have a better relationship mm-hmm. with ourselves in the future, versus just ourselves satisfying these momentary moments, um, because that future self can really pull us forward. This this place, I you know, that's often this idea that. Or, our goals, our desires, our future isn't a place to get to. It's a place to come from. If I know who I want to be, well, what do I need to start doing today in order to be that? Yeah, and that takes courage, doesn't it? Uh, a lot of courage. We cannot say that's easy, my Diana. It's not an easy commitment to make. I wonder, though, I just want to invite a different thought of, I think when we have a vision for ourselves that is so strong and compelling, that it's, it might even be easier than to be adrift without anything. I mean, it may sound more, quote unquote, comfortable to be adrift without a future desire or vision for ourselves, but it, it feels a little... I, I don't know that feeling of being adrift. You know, there's a there's a little bit of again suffering in that that I'm out of alignment with. It. And again, this doesn't mean I have to have these big lofty goals, but this desire. Um, Robert Ellis calls it having a quest, and a quest doesn't have a known path, right? I don't like a known path, like a doctor. If I want to be a doctor, well, I know theoretically how to get there. I go to medical school, I go get an internship, I do all the hard things, and then I get to be a doctor. But some of us have this desire to create or do something, and there is no known path. We don't know how to do it. And that's the quest. And a quest has a much circular, more circular path to get to it. And you may not ever end up where you thought you were going to go. Because you've been in the co-creative process and you end up even more magical. You end up in somewhere that you couldn't have imagined before. 
as you continue to evolve and unfold. Yes, that really resonates true to me. Yeah, sure. There's, yeah, this idea of having, it's almost like being touched already with that authentic self. So you already know what it feels like. Getting there, oh, this placeless place, to me, it's already here. So I bring everything to the present. And that's where everything happens. The, the, mm-hmm. the here now, which is not related to place or time. There's something about accepting what is. And mm-hmm. I think you mentioned that too in your book, didn't you? I think you did yeah. mention that. So there's yeah. something magical about that. And I wonder, so the question, I guess, for you, Deanna, is how do we learn to balance this, being present to what is present in acceptance of what is, you know, in harmony, in a sense of a kind of flowing and letting, you know, life just guide us. And the opposite, that not the opposite really, but let's say, how do we bring that together with this concept of the idea of planning, of striving, having mm-hmm. this vision and, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get there. <laughs> I'm trying mm-hmm. to to see that. Of course, I'm doing that all the time. Right? It feels different <laughs> yeah. to me. Yeah, I'm sure I am. Because I was like, like, right, yeah. you, you had a vision to create a podcast, right? right? You had a vision for creating this community and these conversations. You you know, mm. you, you had to have something that you mm. think, I want to create this. I want to do this. It may have evolved into something you wouldn't have imagined, right? And you're doing it. But of course, you had, you know, something you wanted to create or do. Mm, it was not a plan. It just happened out of, let's say, it was already something that was here because it's something mm-hmm. that is a fundamental truth to me to connect deeply with others. I couldn't really yeah. have small conversations. I can't yeah. to this day. So it's, yeah. it was natural for life to kind of guide me in this direction. But it just happened in one moment. I remember it was one day I talked to somebody on the phone and then she asked me the question. She was actually a psychotherapist, I believe. She was referred to me by somebody that I knew. And then, and then she was becoming a healer. Yes, like a shamanic healer in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So she was kind of moving from clinic, being a clinical psychologist to, to a healer. And then she said to me, we were talking about trauma. And then I was expressing how I was traumatized and I was in this stuck place. I didn't know what to do. And then she said, you need to mother yourself. You need to reparent mm-hmm. yourself. That's when the idea of the podcast came, came along, almost mm-hmm. the same day with the second day. And then I put everything together in, in a matter of hours and everything was set up. Of course, it, the thought behind it, the ideas I had, they were, very, they were different. I was yeah. trying to actually kind of escape what I was going through at that time. So mm-hmm. it, it became something very different. It, it became it almost like circled back to the heart and went back to that, that truth that was always there. So mm. I do I do trust that, Deanna. There's something about unique. It is unique and at the same time universal. Personal, universal. That's within all of us. Yeah. And so what I heard you say in that is that you heard someone or, or it resonated with you that you needed to go back and reparent yourself. You needed to nurture yourself. And in that, there was an idea of having deep, meaningful conversations. Mm. And how can I create that? Right. So it just kept unfolding right. as every step you took. And I think that is that quest. And you may not even have a name for what it is, what the outcome is going to be. But you explained so brilliantly 
the idea of a quest of saying, continuing to say yes, yes. with what comes in front of you, right? You think, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. And then, and here you are. Uh-huh. <laughs> here you yes, are. that's it. Right? Yeah. And as, as this continues, there'll be, I'm sure there's other things that are coming your way that you continue to check in with yourself. Does this feel right? Does this not? If it does, yes. Well, yes. Right? That's brilliant. Yeah. That's it. But there's something about, you mentioned earlier about striving always, I think in the very beginning of our conversation, almost by not accepting ourselves or loving ourselves, we keep trying to find Mm. ways Mm -hmm. of uh, kind of being validated by others in the external world, you know, and this is something that I learned to, uh, I learned to distinguish. Now I know the difference. Okay. This is not about pleasing others. It's coming really from what is here? You know, it's here now. I don't know. It's a place less to me because sometimes we feel like it's in the body, but it's also outside of the body. It's everywhere. There's something mm-hmm. that it connects the personal with the universal. And I, I, I really feel that it's this knowledge, this realization that everything has one essence. Everything's interconnected, interconnected. So there's something about that that resonates with the idea of the authentic self. I don't know if that resonates with you, but for me, it has been a wonderful guide. Seeing everything Mm -hmm. connected already. Let's see anything else. Gosh, now I'm completely all over the place here (laughs) with your book and the ideas. (laughs) Yes. So let's talk about the so the rewrite. That's the name of Mm -hmm. um, of the title of your book. Change your life one story at a time. And I noticed that you have many stories there. So Mm -hmm. let me go back to the uh, guided questions because that helps me too. You talk about three kinds of stories that we tell Mm -hmm. ourselves. I would love to hear that from you, Deanna. So, you know, as a coach and as a human, (laughs) I I started to really listen to people's stories. And at one point when I was in, I was living in Chicago and I taught storytelling for performance. And there was, there was a real Renaissance time period. Boy, that sounds crazy that it was just like 15 years ago, but there's, lots of storytelling shows in Chicago that you can go to with, you know, everyday normal people getting up and just sharing aspects of their life. So I taught storytelling for a number of years and I hosted a couple of storytelling shows. And what I realized even then before I started coaching is that people have a real way of telling their stories. And so as a coach and I started working with people I'd often hear them tell a story of what they can and cannot do, right? Oh, I couldn't possibly do that, or I'm too old for that, or I don't have enough experience for that, blah, 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 blah. And I was always so curious about these stories that people are telling themselves that become their truth, right? Just because we are the stories that we tell ourselves to ourselves and to other people. And um, so I got really fascinated with the continuation of the stories and who might you be or any of us be without those stories. And so the past stories are our oldest and most core wounded stories. These are the ones that often drive our behavior subconsciously and we don't understand why we continually end up with the same person as a partner or why we, you know, can't, you know, keep friendships or why we're in 
low-end jobs. It's because these stories that are often so muted in our subconscious, we can't see them, but we can see the outcome of them and the results that we have in our life. And um, so that's those core stories. And those are stories that are we either create for ourselves in survival mode or that we create meaning about ourselves and the world around us to make sense at the time, right? These are the, I'm unworthy or I'm unlovable or I'm a burden. These are the stories that if we were able to look at those experiences with the wisdom of our wise adult self, we would say, oh, that's BS. (laughs) That's not really true. (laughs) We can't do that as a kid, right? And then the present stories are those that just get us emotionally hooked. Right. So those are the stories I often talk about when I moved from Portland, Oregon to Chicago, Portland, Oregon. No one honks their horn when they're driving. You know, everyone is so genteel behind the wheel. And I moved to Chicago and all of a sudden I became a maniac <laughs> behind the wheel <laughs> and everyone's an idiot. And da, 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 da. Yeah. And we see this in examples of people who are getting angry and upset about situations and other people that they have absolutely no control of and no need to be butting into the people's lives, but we're getting emotionally hooked and we can't see the fact that we're telling ourselves a story in this moment that isn't getting fact-checked, but we're just reacting based on our emotions. And then our third stories are our future stories. And oftentimes people create really limiting stories about what is possible for their lives um, or they don't create any story. And I do think that that story of the future is one that can compel us, that can move us, pull us forward from the heart of, you know, I, I choose to live by my values, but first I have to know what those values are. And, you know, I have to check with myself, am I, did I do that today? Well, I'm not sure if I really did, but how can I look at that? Um, And I think sometimes we create stories of our future, like I'll never be partnered or I'll never have a loving relationship or this world is a terrible mess. And you know this, that you are going to see whatever you look for. And so if we're telling ourselves that life is terrible, not to say that terrible things don't happen, they surely do. But if we're projecting that that's what our future is going to be, unfortunately, that's probably true. It's true too. Yes. Wow. Uh, There's a lot of wisdom in what you're describing. It resonates, of course, within the human Mm -hmm. experience. Yes, it's very Mm -hmm. much a fact. There's something, you know, you, you, you talk about the future, future self. Uh, um, that's an interesting concept for me. I never thought of that way. So, because I guess with all the, the practices that I engage in, which they're mostly spiritual practices, I'm, I'm a student of Ad, the Advaita Vedanta, non-duality. So that kind of teaches us to kind of not have a story basically mm-hmm. not engage with anything that has to do with fixations or um, say obsessions, mental constructs. So it's easy for me to kind of uh, engage with whatever it is and then just 
relax and forget in a way. Of course, not everything's forgotten. It, the brain is beautiful when it comes to that. Right. It, it keeps <laughs> the body and the, and the mind keeps scores, right? It stays here. Mm-hmm. But there's something about consciously when I'm engaging with other people or uh, information, it's a moment thing. It's like a very present, it's here. And then there's something in me that lets, lets go of, of mm-hmm. all of that. So I wonder if it is actually possible to navigate this reality this way, Deanna. Kind of ending the storytelling and, mm-hmm. and the belief systems. It's almost like being a child again uh, and, and just kind of seeing everything as a, something fresh. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. waking up like that. It's kind of strange, mm-hmm. but uh, I was like, oh, what is this? <laughs> it seems yeah. like similar, but it's not. <laughs> There's something yeah. here. I mean, that never changed, of course, something here that's eternal. But it, it, what is it? I, sometimes I wake up like that, just mm-hmm. asking, you know, like they're wondering about everything and it feels so different. So, but it doesn't last. So I guess um, I'm answering my own question, but I, I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Do you, yeah, how can we navigate this reality without a belief system, without stories? Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Huh. I think uh, I think our minds are wired for story. We are constantly making meaning. It doesn't mean we can't let go of that, as you said, in moments and just pure presence. Um. But I really don't know. And maybe it is an intense practice of, you know, someone who that's really all they're doing and they, they're able to focus on that. Most of us, unfortunately, don't get to live in that kind of reality. Or we think we don't, right? I don't right. even want to put that story mm, on it. Right, right. Um, right? So I'm not, I, I'm really not sure. I love the idea of playful experimenting with the the span of width we can go without a story that we're making in this and just accepting that. But again, for most people, I think what I wanted to reach out with this book is probably it's not a book for you, to be honest with you, Larry, (laughs) but it is a book for someone who is even new to the idea that they might be telling themselves a story. Right. It's really for the person who is not necessarily experiencing the life that they want to be experiencing and they don't know why. There's there's something that keeps catching them. And uh, your inquiry is so beautiful. And so right, so evolved. It's so wonderful to be in that place. But I think for a lot of people, that question would be like, what are you talking about? Yes. <laughs> yes. So true. It is true. But I wanted to come back and reach those people. The, <laughs> yes. the, 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 the most, you know, the the initial curiosity around that. I when I talk about the future self too. There's this work of going to meet your future self. And it's a little bit of, you know, guided imagery, maybe even hypnosis. But the idea of your, on some level, your future self is already living an amazing life or this life that you think you want to live. Let's go meet them. Let's go have a conversation. How are they? How, what does that feel like in their body? And how can we merge that energy with your current existence, your current reality? 
if we were to believe in a multidimensionality of life, that all the possibilities are available to us, why don't we just go meet that future self that's already doing the thing you want to be doing or living the way you want to be living? Right. Wow, that's a beautiful invitation, right, to think that way. And I really not just appreciate, but I love your openness to have this conversation with me because I'm very kind of, there's something about being in the moment, but not just that. It's also, you probably heard, heard this phrase before that says, you are what you're looking for. You're already mm-hmm. what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So that's my mantra that just perfumes my, these moments. <laughs> it mm-hmm. just feels so Yes, that's it. <laughs> Although the mind is like, oh, let's do this. You know, let's play some more. Mm-hmm. Let's go somewhere, mm-hmm. take the body somewhere, do this. Yes, great. But that joy, there's something about uh, that tells me all the time, you're already <laughs> what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So there's no place to go where to, yeah, yeah. what to do even. So, and you know, some people will take that as nihilism, just something, oh, so that's, there's nothing else to do. I'm already everything. So that's it. <laughs> so why might mm-hmm. as well die? But there's something that comes alive that just, um, there's something else here that I, I truly believe it's everywhere in, within everyone. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's just, it's not that just beyond all this, that's material, that's experience. It's just, uh, what holds everything, the experiences even, it holds this, rea- what, what we call life, this reality, shared reality, actually the reality of the body-mind. So that is something that informs me all, all the time without, uh, without going into the time idea, uh, constructed idea. But I really appreciate you being open to this, to this oh input, to this perspective. So thank you. Yes. It's really beautiful. Of course, of course. Yeah. I'm- I just appreciate who and where you are in your experience. You know, you are, you're opening up the possibilities for people to, to again, I know it's not about thinking, but for a lot of people, it is, that's the first level of recognition and awareness. Oh, it doesn't have to be this way. This, this, these rules, these, this understanding of the world has been placed on my shoulders, you show up in a way that says, ah, there's another way. There's another experience to be had if you're open to see it and feel it. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I don't even know if it is an, ex- I mean, it has to be, it is expressed within the body mind, of course, because there's mm-hmm. something here that just, you know, it speaks th- these words. It's almost like being aware of where of the space which holds the experience. So it's, it's not going beyond experience, but it's almost like merging so tightly with it that it's almost like you don't, what is experience then? <laughs> it's, right. <laughs> it, there's no need for this, you know, constant search for something else, you know, something's missing. That just, everything, it dissolves. It keeps dissolving. And it happens, I mean, for me, it's been happening just, um, Naturally, the more I engage within with the practice of Vedanta, which it is a, a philosophical practice, spiritual philosophy, Hindu, it's engaging with that. I guess at some point, it just uh, it starts to become what you are, not even who you are. So, 
yeah, that's kind of, that's, that's, that's a different conversation, right? And I really appreciate you, <laughs> you, you being open to it. I mean, I just find oh, it's it to great. be beautiful. I love it. Yeah, yes. me too. Thank you so much for sharing it. Thank you, Deanna. So we're almost at the end. Let's see, I do have um, the ending questions I want to mention. So your book, I love the way it is structured because you have those three. There's something about the number three too that keeps calling my attention. So oh, that's great. Yeah, you have, so the past stories and then you have present stories and then you have the future stories. I just have them in front of me and what caught my attention is here. There's something that um, it was said, the power of the word yet, that caught my attention too, because that's open up, opening to the possibilities, right, Diana, of what could be. Right. Yeah. And then you talk about the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. I don't know if we have time, but we might have time for this, if you don't mind. Would you like to add or disclose some information, share some information about those two ideas, concepts again, the fixed and the growth mindset? Well, the fixed mindset is, is the researchers from Carol Dweck, her book, The Mindset, is really about how some of us can perceive the world as fixed and that I, if, I'm, if I have a fixed mindset, this is just who I am. I don't, I can't really grow. I, it's, it's who I am. And my dad, God love him, <laughs> that was his mindset in a lot of different areas of our life. And, you know, we're not binary. We're not either fixed or open. And open is really just the idea that we have the potential to grow. We can learn, we can expand ourselves. And um, some of us, you know, I used to, or I do a lot of coaching and I'd facilitate work that other people had designed and delivered. So I would often quote Carol Dweck and her research. Um, and then I decided to read her book. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I have such a fixed mindset in some areas of my life. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's, it's, it's not a binary on or off. It's those areas in our life that we, when we say, oh, I can't do that, or that's not for me, or I, I'll never be able to figure that out, or blah, you know, those are just areas in our life that we've decided we're, we're more fixed in than we may actually be. And, you know, I grew up, I was pretty smart and intelligent as a young kid. And so I was always told I was super smart. You're so smart. You know, they went to up me in a grade and all that. And I was smart until I wasn't. And then I realized later in life, I just never learned how to learn because I just thought everything was supposed to come easy to me. And boy, when, when it didn't come easy, all of a sudden it actually was a hit to what I perceived my identity to be I, because I was supposed to be smart. And now there's other people around me who could figure something else out and I couldn't. And what does that make me? You know, it, at the time it, it couldn't, I couldn't see that it just made me human and I was mm. learning something. Mm -hmm. It was just more of a hit to my identity. So that's just the idea of, you know, where are we in our, what, uh, where in our life are we more fixed and where are we more able to grow and expand? I love how open you are. I mean, yeah, I keep saying that, I guess, because it's just so <laughs> beautiful. You're so open to your own uncoverings, right? And then oh, yes. uh, helping others to do the same. What yeah, a beautiful yeah. work. It's, uh, it's spiritual, it's healing to me. And, and as you said, everyone is at a different stage, different place in life. Um, and yes, we, we all need that 
it's the guidance to one step at a time, as you say, one story at a time, at a time but one step at a time, just uh, getting closer to that. To me, it would be that realization that we are already complete and whole. So uh, we are almost at the end, ending now. <laughs> I kept saying it twice already. So before we say goodbye for today, Deanna, I have this, um, just one technical question and then this question about freedom, I have to ask you this question. What is, what is your idea of freedom? What is freedom to you? I think freedom is moving beyond, mm, moving beyond the, uh, moving beyond the disappointments. Oh, gosh, that's not the right way to do it. Freedom is, is, Allowing yourself to fail wildly, to not worry about um, disappointing others. It is the act of, as you said, being so present to what is right here in front of me that I don't have to worry about the past or the future, that I can just be right here and be present. Isn't that just an amazing feeling? Yes. Yes, it is. It is. Amazing. It it is. It is. It is. That's it. Yes, yes. I love your laughter. I have to say that too. Yeah. Oh my God. There's freedom in that, in that laughter. Yes. yes uh, sure. Wow. How beautiful. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's a beautiful vision. Before we say goodbye, where is the best place to find more information about you? I'll have the link, the Amazon link for your book, but there's any any other place that we can find. You can come to my website at deannamoffitt.com. There's a lot of double letters in that, but I know you'll post that. I'm also on Instagram at Deanna Moffitt. You can go there. You can also just feel my energy out in the wind. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, what's that love about that? Yeah, <laughs> right? Part of it. Uh, yes, yes. How beautiful. Thank you so much again for your oh presence in, in our reality and for everything that, uh, for being you for being you, for being you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this conversation. It was a true joy. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Deanna Moffat and her work, please visit deannamoffat.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.